Welcome to Naked on the Couch, a couples podcast. I'm Bobby Kruger. And I am Maya Kruger. Where this podcast breaks down reality TV's favorite and not so favorite couples. And as we learned this week on Married at First Sight, Maya, you only love once. YOLO. YOLO. Of course, uh, we're talking about Bennett, who believes that YOLO (laughs) means you only love once and not you only live once, as his new wife of three days, uh, Amelia, reminded him. Um, And he's deciding to take ownership over his new definition. And I'm down with that. I like that you just said it's an acronym, so you can kind of make it whatever you want. Yes. Now, we did take last week off. We We took our first family vacation with our nine-month-old. Mm-hmm. That's um, not a vacation. Not a vacation. What no. we realized, we actually had the thought. We brought, so we, uh, I think we've said this before, uh, we, we live in New Jersey, um, and we, you know, during the pandemic, we were trying to take a vacation planned out to um, go to where Maya is from, which is Israel, and do all those fun things, get our baby her brand new citizenship and all that kind of fun stuff, yep. and have her meet the family, and then the pandemic hit. And so I've been in lockdown since November, since November. I mean, really, you were about to go back to, you know, you were home with the baby. I went back to work, you know, uh, at the time I was working for PayPal and their paternity leave was fantastic, but it was time to go back to work. Um, anyway, fast forward, we needed a vacation and a place to go. And it seems that everybody on the East coast who, you know, were very fortunate to be able to take a vacation during this time. Um, Vermont seems to be the place. Yes. Alas, it is a four and a half hour ride there. And our nine month old didn't love it. She didn't love it. No, but she was pretty good from, I would say the way up there was way better than the, the way, way back. The way back, I contemplated opening up the door of the car and jumping out. Yes, that was something that we all kind of dealt with because we made the mistake. First of all, we planned five nights. Uh, after night, which was way too much, after night two, we were like, maybe we'll do four. So we went to the front desk. We said, can you do us four nights instead of five? We woke up on day, th- day night after night three, and we said, I think we're going home today. Yeah, it was a, it, it's not a vacation. You wake up, you're on baby schedule. Yeah. Right? She wakes up, she needs to nap every few hours. She can't hang. <laughs> she's totally dependent. She can hang a little bit. I mean, a she's little bit. She can't hang on her own. Not on her own for more than about three minutes in a playpen. Right. And so we actually had, we brought all of this podcast equipment to Vermont with us. We were like, oh, we're totally going to have a moment Mm -hmm. to record a podcast. And then at 8 p.m. when she was finally asleep, we were texting one another in the darkness. We were texting GIFs to each other. Yes. Because that's how we communicate when we're so tired (laughs) that we don't actually want to type. We just put in GIFs, mostly of Muppets. That's true. Um, we, uh, We So we brought this equipment up here and we thought to ourselves, oh, you know, the, the pack and play, we'll put it in the bathroom and we'll close the door and it'll be fine. Well, it turns out you couldn't really open the bathroom door and put a pack and play in there at the same time. So uh, we did, unfortunately, take last week off. It wasn't intentional. Um, so this week, it's, we're going to we're going to compensate. We're going to compensate. We have a long, hopefully not too long episode where we're going to talk about the last two weeks of episodes. Uh, I'm married at first sight in New Orleans. So we're going to see a little bit on the aftermath of the weddings. Um Meeting the in-laws. Meeting the in-laws. And then sort of what's been going on with these couples as they gear up to, of course, head on their honeymoon to Mexico. To Cancun. To Cancun. Yes. Remember going to resorts. Oh, that was a lifetime ago. A lifetime ago, it seems. I will say they shot this stuff between like, they all got married around Valentine's Day. Oh, really? Yeah. So some of those, so it was like the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th week. That's what, uh, uh, if you follow MAF's, MAFS fan on Insta, um, I believe it's a she, uh, does a wonderful job on all this, how she calls tea. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that she posted a few weeks ago was um, that was the, the schedule of the weddings. And so Woody, we saw in this episode, Woody and Amani and Karen uh, and Miles actually got married on the same day, uh, but the others were all kind of scattered out during the week. But it was all during Valentine's week. But think about what's changed. You know, there's that show called Love During Lockdown or Love at Lockdown when it's these people that date people that are in prison. And I was thinking that it's really an interesting social experiment to be married to someone at first sight during a pandemic where you have to be in the same vicinity. <laughs> well, it's almost like a big brother wedding. 
It's a big brother wedding. Kind of. And, and that's sort of, I think they hinted on the, uh, some of the coming previews for the show coming up that they're actually going to talk about. I mean, they spend the second half of the season in lockdown. In lockdown. And you'll, if you notice by watching the show, uh, that I don't know how Henry's going to take to that. I don't, we'll talk about him in, in just a moment. But, you know, all of the Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal, they're all shooting these things on their iPhones. Really? Yeah, all of their stand-ups are on their iPhones. That's why it all kind of looks weird and it all kind of looks the same, um, but different at the same time. So like Dr. Pepper. Wait, but how does yeah. Jamie Otis do the interview before with the three of them? They're sitting so close and snug on a... Yeah, that like, I don't know. Um, I don't know how they did that. Be, uh, and it, that's a good question. I think they shoot all of that stuff at the same time as the show maybe is happening i don't know we got to talk we got to do some digging online to figure out how they do that to find some tea yeah because uh, that is weird and i believe yeah they're all on the same couch hanging out um not distanced at all so on this episode or i should say the episode from the last week that happened just after the weddings uh we met each couple met the other couple's in-laws which i thought was really really cool because i think we all or at least anyone who's been in, obviously in a, in a probably a long-term relationship has met those other person's in-laws. And those relationships can be very impactful. Uh, very impactful. Very impactful to that relationship. I've been in relationships where I feel like uh, I've been in them probably too long because I really like the other person's family. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's really a hard one. Almost when the family is even more valuable to you than than the actual partner. Yes, and I've been in relationships, I think a couple that I find to be, that definitely fall into that category. One of the jokes that sometimes we have, um, or that uh, you sometimes have said, is that you're in it for, you've dated people because you're in it sort of for the moms. Totally in it for the moms. Talk about, well, you could talk a little bit about what that means to you. Well... Being a motherless daughter since I was 18, I have always found boyfriends <laughs> with um, really cool moms that I love to hang out with, that I, found, that I felt like, you know, that they could kind of adopt me or I would have that figure in my life and it could compensate for something. And I, it wasn't deliberate, but I definitely... That was a big selling point. Oh, your mom's cool. Okay, <laughs> let's see. I can I can t tolerate other things that you do that I don't necessarily like. If your mom is pretty cool, so let's talk about Christina and Henry because Christina, I believe, is her dad is not in the picture. Her dad's not in the picture. We don't know why, but he's not in the picture, and that's okay that they don't get into. They certainly don't need to. And there was kind of rumors that the man she was seeing for five years was actually a married gentleman. Okay, so do you think that she and Henry? Mm -hmm. is seeing his father as a potential in it for the dad moment. She said that she, she actually really liked his yes. dad because he's out there and she could still see how loving he is towards Henry. Um, you never know what he's going to say, which I and would... And she loves that. I would die. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe that she really thrives in the presence of people or just being social. Mm. It looks like she doesn't really have that necessarily in her life readily available so when she sees people around her and also you know henry's aunt said uh if it doesn't work out we'll keep you which is it's oh i just remember hearing that sentence from a from a partner's hmm. mom and it's there's nothing better and the partner turned out terrible terrible <laughs> dumped me <laughs> had to break up with the mom <laughs> yeah um so christina and henry they still kind of feel like they're somebody or a couple that is just, you know, waiting for the elevator door to open and Kenny G is playing and they're just trying to pass the time. And yeah, you said it's the it's the conference and they're both waiting for the Uber. Yeah, it's this is just another time. version of that. And they're just sort of like, should I look at my phone? Should I talk to you? Is this awkward? The whole thing is awkward. Now, we always have to say, is it, it could be true. That it could be the editing. It could be the editing. Alas. Alas. But I do not think so. I don't think so either. But I, I do want to frame that in the in the father. Because they are editing him in a certain way. She, I, I can believe, yeah, obviously we know we don't know what he's going to say in a given time. But I could totally believe Christina's take on, he is, he does kind of seem like he could be a warm person. He he's, seems very warm. He seems very warm. He could be very biting. Um, but he could be edited in a certain way where we only really see the, the quote unquote negative things. I don't find says. him negative. 
I mean, it was. I mean, I don't know. The I, week before, it was kind of what he said at the wedding was kind of like a ah, just looking at like, Henry's response to that. But he he said this week that or both episodes are blending in the same for me because we watched them back to back. But he said something to the effect of, "Well, you know, he's the. I don't know if I want to if he said the biggest mama's boy, but it's like he's a mama's boy." And I'm just like, oof, he's just, you're kind of telling her that he's super needy or... He said he's obsessed with his hair. Yeah. He has a hairy chest. He said a lot of things that weren't necessarily complimentary. And he said she would need to be the dominant one, which is interesting because she's made it clear she has never been the right. aggressor in relationships. But if you look at them on the honeymoon, I'm blending, I'm blending the Yeah, we're episodes. blending the episodes in. It's all good. She has to kind of guide him through she's kind of his tour guide because he's never left the country and he's never done many things so she said she would make it her life mission for him to have fun because he as he said really likes to take in the scenery and do things that are more laid back and she's more into experiencing things it's funny because he when you we first met henry he seemed like a somewhat easygoing guy who was open to a lot of new things clearly he's on this when did, show when did you pick that up uh, i just remember maybe thinking about that the first time we met him we didn't know his social really i would say his social awkwardness until they were matched right and then when they clearly when they met that's when things kind of fell apart he remember he was shy maybe shy but not like this this is a completely different thing when they that wedding started when he started you know uh i would say twitching a little bit and clearly there's some sort of anxiety there or, or some sort of other thing going on um it kind of went to another level. I, I wanted, there was something Henry said that was really funny. Um, <laughs> I guess they asked him how it was going. The producer asked him and he said, well, you know, it's off to a better start than uh, I envisioned. And I'm sitting there going, dude, what did you, what envision? did you envision? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't, again, we don't want to make fun of these people because they're taking a big risk with them themselves. So maybe but can, also the editing, whenever yeah. we see them together, they have this, the circus music. Dum, 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 dum. It's the circus music or it's just like complete silence. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either just magnifying it or just letting some other goofy, ma- goofy moment take place. But again, we don't know what happened right before that. After that, you know, they show him falling out of a kayak and it's like, I've probably done that. I have definitely done that. Yeah. But but I also think this is good for him to loosen up and maybe maybe they match them because I mean it's clear what she can give to him. I am not sure what he can give to her. It kind of brings me to that point of like and this is something I saw a comment online um which was look, we see that he's so nervous. He mm-hmm. actually says uh, on the honeymoon all the couples are getting together for for a drink. Um, and he said that he, he said outwardly, I'm not an aggressive person. And I actually give him credit for saying that in a group of people, cause totally. that's probably not easy. And also knowing that it's being filmed. Right. Right. And so I give him credit for that, but it kind of brings me to this point of like, should he even be there? Like, should yes, the- people that are not aggressors in relationships still deserve chances yes. at love? And sometimes they just need more coaxing to get it out of them. Is it fair on a producer point of view or a TV point of view or a relationship expert point of view? These things probably showed themselves in the uh, right. process. It, do, was it fair to Christina? It's ethically ambiguous, I would say. I think that... Um, I think that that I am hoping that they didn't match these people for the sake of ratings, but well, no, because I don't think you're looking at Henry and Christina and thinking ratings. I think you're looking at Amelia and Bennett <laughs> thinking ratings. No, but or that Karen is a couple that it's kind of like. Are like, they the conflict couple, or you or are they the or just the it's funny to couple? watch, right? Yeah, and that's I, I sure hope not, uh, and I don't believe that I would hope that the relationship experts would not sign up for something like that and i don't believe that they are we said it that we said it in the the first episode she's gonna have to be in a certain way and he's gonna have to be in a certain way for this relationship to even have a chance right right? she needs to be mega patient and she's not and he needs to be mega validating and he's (laughs) He's not. not at all yeah um what i do on the other side think of what that's interesting is um i guess it it frames for me you're going on this show you're getting married and we have to see these couples deal with themselves, um, their how they act in relationships in real time. 
which is kind of a mind blow, as we've said in the past. But for someone like a Henry, um, I'm almost like wondering, did he jump into this situation knowing all of his things? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, did, did he have the inventory on himself? To understand how he might show up in this relationship. It doesn't strike me as someone who is very aware and active at bettering himself in that sense. He seems to have come to terms with this is who he is and he likes certain things and there's a rigidity to him. Um, this And he wanted to do this because it's, it's out of his comfort zone and, you know, it's really going diving into the deep end. But he seems to have an awareness. Maybe he's, he's cool with who he is. That's yeah. who he is. It's funny. I, I wrote this idea down that was like, could you there? This is so silly, but don't you sort of wish? And I look, there were times even at the beginning of our relationship and where I was working on certain things that was, was uh, impacting us or that kind of popped its head in other relationships that I maybe didn't see clearly enough. But I, I was watching Henry wrote down, it would kind of be fun if there was some sort of place you could go to get like an inventory done of yourself therapy <laughs> true to kind of be like this is how this might go or this is how this might be um here's your stuff and i'll go work on this before you bring this shit to someone else yeah but there's also value in, in dealing right. with that shit with someone else because we hurt in relationship and we heal in relationship obviously you don't come with your bag of turd and dump it in the person's lap and say it's yours now honey but you have to deal with your stuff while they deal with their stuff. It's the how I met your mother of your baggage goes with their baggage. Right. What would you do? Obviously, this relationship already happened. Um, what would you say if you were in the room with them right now, um, being a therapist as you are? Uh, what would you say to them? Like, what do you, what do you, where do you go from this awkward just... space of like, he doesn't say much. She's sort of twiddling mm -hmm. her thumbs and. She seems almost amused by this situation. I would... I would say on the verge of a nervous breakdown. No, no, she seems tough. I would ask them, seriously, are either of you having any fun? Is this enjoyable for either of you? Or is this terrible? And you know what he would say? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. much better than he, I thought. Was, yeah, they'd mumble something. And she'd be like, um, maybe. I think that maybe. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm. He's not what I would date, and I've never been this person before in a relationship. I kind of want to kill myself right now, but I'm going to say, like, I'm going to be nice about this. Right. Which I think could hold them back, This other than to say, this ain't working. So if we're going to do this for the next two months or and beyond, we need to change the course. And I, I kind of hope we get that scene. I kind of hope they have that for themselves, where they're like, yeah. okay, we're dynamic. What are we doing? Or tough dynamic. But it's also hard to call that out in the moment. Think about how many relationships you've had or you've been in where the dynamic was not perfect, to say the least. I can speak from my, from my own sure. experience. Um, I could not be called out in the moment, for sure. I was fixated on making something work that I, <laughs> that I was working through on myself. And I, I guess in this context, it's like you're in it for four days. So we see it in the terms of like, oh, they've been in this relationship for a month because it's the fourth episode. But in reality, it's only been four days, a week, whatever the shooting schedule is. And you're, you may not have the time to process like, oh, this needs, this needs to happen now. You may, you may be more inclined to go, let's wait it out and see. But there's no waiting it out and see because you're married to this person. Right. So everything floats to the surface really quickly, hmm. which is that's the kind of the, the mind F of this, of this show where... You are married to a stranger. And I love how Karen said, you're my stranger. Like she's taking ownership of that. It's owning it. And I think, and we'll get to those guys a little bit later. The communication on a lot of these couples are fantastic, I think, so far. Did not excluding these guys. They're comfortable kind of being uncomfortable and owning it. And there's also an element of faith. These people have faith that things are going to work out well. I think it's they have faith that they're going to work out well, but I do come back to something that I said in the first episode of our podcast, which was, I'm thinking personally, it's like, I'm going to give this my all and, and be completely open to this if I was going to be on this show. But I do in the back of my mind goes, I have nothing to really lose here. Like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, so but you have enough ego strength to say that. Think of someone that you're has... You're saying I have a big ego? 
No, ego strength. Are you saying I'm strong? I haven't worked out in a gym for five months. That's true. I am not strong these days. <laughs> ego strength is when you have yeah. the ability to take criticism or to have to be questioned on certain things without it diminishing your sense of self-worth. So people that have low self-worth, mm. like Donald Trump, like they cannot really take heat much. Right. Right? They automatically retaliate and it's they can't really take it in and try and digest or, or find the truth in what you just said to them. So it kind of brings us to a, a really interesting couple that I think that off that point, which is Brett and Olivia. Yeah. Because Brett, we, you know, look, Brett calls himself over the, the show calls him the, the serial, serial data. Um, and, but after the wedding, they get along. I would say they're actually getting kind of along and he seems actually kind of cool. But on the same token, he does sort of seem like, a deer in headlights. I said that a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he's a deer in headlights. I just feel like he's someone who's talking and things are coming out, but I don't actually believe what he's saying. It feels like he's playing a part. I think Brett, I've, I'm coming to like him more and more throughout the show. I he, think he's I'm going funny. back and forth. He's very funny yeah. and pointed and definitely guarded, but there's there's a sweetness about him that I see. I just don't think he's into this marriage. I don't think he's into this marriage either. Right. I think that um, Olivia. Who seems very lovely. Very lovely. Very down to earth. Very traditional in a lot of ways. Sure. Alas, that's the word of the day. She does not want to see herself as a parent. And it looks like maybe that wasn't discussed in the matching pro um, process because he kind of sounds like he does want to be a parent. He seemed pretty sure of that. You know, she isn't completely... If I think they, there are times in like those matchmaking episodes where they do ask that question. I think it that does is come a up. Big deal. That's a big deal. And I think they would avoid matching people who would be on different pages there. I think all she is saying is, I'm, I, I, she's, well, she said, I don't see herself as a parent, which is, I guess, odd and not odd in a sort of judgmental way, but just she hasn't seen herself as a parent. Okay. No, but I think she that didn't. There are a she lot didn't say no. Do not see themselves sure. as parents. And there's nothing wrong with that. But she also didn't say. She didn't say no. She said, "I just want to kind of live my life for a while first. Right. Which she is saw completely the fair. Right. We and just had young. a non-vacation vacation right. where we paid to go sleep poorly elsewhere. Yeah. 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 And that's something. I think if we had gotten married a little bit younger, you know, we probably um, we probably would have traveled more we probably would have done other things more before having a baby and not get married <laughs> and be pregnant at the same time yeah <laughs> so you know um so okay one of the things i really appreciated about brett the in-law conversation that they Loved had about it. religion yes so she he's sitting down for breakfast with olivia's parents olivia's dad and stepdad um, just it's like out of a it's out of a i don't know book i guess where he's just like we're a very traditional family yeah she was born in, she the, was, in the christian she's born religion. in the christian religion how do you what are your thoughts on the christian religion <laughs> he's like not about it at all <laughs> no but he said he respects <laughs> yeah. the morals and kind of the right. way of living but he's really not into organized religion but he appreciates the the upbringing yeah and it was edited a little bit in a certain way in the preview of the show kind of had it where it seemed more forceful than it probably actually right. came off um i think in the preview it was like I hate all organized religion, mm -hmm. uh, but he explained it to, he's sort of the way I feel about religion. And it's like, I'm pretty agnostic. Um, but uh, in the, in the social constructions of morals and values and ethics, I'm, I consider myself a, you know, well-versed in those things of religion, the actual God part, I have more of the issue with and the, if yeah, that makes sense. I still don't know how I feel about that in regards to you because cause you are, I am. Yeah. Not religious, but I have very deep faith. Mm -hmm. um, and I am connected to that faith. And for me, that is a guiding force in a lot of things. And it's something that I draw a lot of strength from. So it's interesting to not that you don't have that. Mm. By interesting, I mean it's challenging for me at times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're three years in, man. Uh, we're here. We got a baby. Other things on the way. Yep. Uh, you know, not I think, another baby. Not another baby, but other things in the in the works. Uh, so you're stuck with this for a while. But 
<laughs> I wonder if you were never introduced to spirituality. No, I don't think I was. So uh, my background... Not even religion. Spirituality. No, I was, so here's the thing. I was force-fed religion. Okay. So I grew up in New Jersey, and, and I was sent to a religious Jewish school, private school, mm -hmm. um, until sixth grade, till after sixth grade. And so from nursery on through, I was sent to a conser conservative Jewish education. But there was a bit of a disconnect because at home, there was really no following of religion whatsoever. So there was always this like, what the, are we, why am I doing all of these things? I'm in school much longer than other kids. I'm learning this other language. I'm learning prayer books. I'm doing all these things and I don't, none of it means anything. Like there was no con contextual uh, effort at home to make it actual meaningful. And so I don't want to say I rebelled against it, but it was sort of like after it was over, I was like, oh, I'm so done with that. I get the community aspect of religion. I no, but since you're, you're like you're kind of talking about the traditional aspects. That's how I was introduced to it. Yeah. yeah, not not. So I'm talking about the the soul connection, like sure. the spiritual um, feeling. Yeah, it was never really introduced to me. Um, and I, I mean, maybe that's a function of education I had too, where they didn't. That's not what their focus was. Their focus might have been very much on the biblical, pure textual aspect and not the spiritual aspect which you i really need to teach different things reflecting back on that i think that's actually an accurate thing to say that that was the case it was more textual based than like spiritual based if that makes sense yes can you imagine if at school they taught you things that you actually need in life like how to do your taxes and yeah. and credit and um yep. how to take care of your heart how to take a mental health day when you need it <laughs> you know i i don't i feel like you're, you're definitely preaching to the choir to the choir there. What about this question that came up on the episode with Olivia and Brett after the wedding? How do you feel about suitcases on the bed? So Olivia's... I'm a filthy animal. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Olivia snapped at him as he was in the hotel room after the wedding. Oh, no, don't put the suitcase on the bed. And he was kind of like, oh, God, okay. Um, I think in practice, uh, in reality, I mean, I agree. In practice, I totally put the suitcase on the bed. Totally. And it's almost like, oh, I totally understand why you wouldn't want to put a suitcase yeah, on the yeah, bed. Yeah. But it's almost like, where else is, I don't want to, I'm a tall guy. <laughs> I no, don't want to put it on the floor. She's also a nurse practitioner. She knows where germs That's live what he said, right? we do. Yeah. That's what he said. He goes, uh, <laughs> he goes she, she would know about where these germs are coming from. She knows more about the science than we do. A we suitcase. Could, ignorance is bliss in this case. Uh, the only thing they're going to say on that is uh, the pee in the shower conversation that they had in the honeymoon episode. I'm not going to get into it too much. Uh, but, uh, essentially Olivia starts talking about peeing in the shower mm -hmm. and she's like talking to Brett, asking him if he does it. And he's like, no. And I'm going to go on and, and I don't know if Olivia believed him. I don't know if you believed him. I don't know if I believe you. So also. that's what I was getting to. You turned to me and you're like, you pee in the shower. I'm like, no, like there's a toilet next to the shower. Why? That doesn't make any sense to it me. It makes complete sense uh, no. to pee in the shower. Uh, I, I think that's a little funky. Sometimes you got to pee in the shower. Yeah, no, but I'm on it's Brett's sterile. page there. sterile. There's yeah. water washing it down. I'm going to let you just live on that one. <laughs> now, all right, so let's go back to serial dating. Mm -hmm. They have a conversation during the honeymoon, and they're talking about dating life. And I think Olivia had mentioned she hadn't been in a relationship. For three and a half years. Three and a half years, which is... Um, and not dated at all. She said not dated not at all. Not dated at all. And okay, that seems like a that seems like a lot. I don't know about not the relationship thing for three and a half years because that really doesn't put make off sense by to that. me. Like, he seemed kind of he said it. He said he found it kind of odd to kind of go from zero to a hundred, where it's like, I'm not dating at all. I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> Which I understand. Well, I would find that a bit strange too. It's not like. You know, in the sense where, oh, you've been dating for a while and it hasn't really worked out, so you signed up for the show. It's like, oh, no, I haven't dated in forever. Let's sign up for the show. Right. And true. That, it it does flexing, strike me yeah. as a bit odd. On the other side of that, though, they got into the conversation about um, his dating habits. Which is almost like a punch card vibe like you. That's what they make it sound like. Yes, you... Uh, Maya has a, I think we've talked about this before, but Maya has a, a sense that me, between uh, relationships, between the many relationships that I've been in, not mm -hmm. miles, 11 relationships, but enough relationships, <laughs> uh, 
I don't want to say I'm a serial monogamist. That's a, I hate that phrase. But it did. Uh, I certainly dated a bunch in the city. But Maya thinks that it's like an entire encyclopedia book full of, of people to, between relationships. As it was like a punch card. <laughs> it's a punch card. As I'm getting free coffee. Right. Um, she asked him what dating was like right before the wedding, and he mentioned dating right before the wedding. Literally, like two days before the wedding, or something like that. He went on a date with somebody. Um, because he didn't know he was matched or it was something, I don't know if it was two days or a few days he or went something on a like that. second date. A second them. date. Right. Before he knew he was matched. And he saw potential in that date. And he saw potential in that date. And I love that he said that to her. Why? Because he's so honest. He could have said. No. No, I went on a date and it was like not great. Or he could have just said, oh yeah, no, I, I, you know, probably a few weeks. But, no, but he said he said that he's very guarded, Bobby. He is a very guarded man. This this dude. You're using been, my name, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. So he has been cheated on twice sure. by the same woman while he was engaged. Right. So clearly, he's, the first time might have been a warning sign. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's a big wound to carry. Sure. He is saying things that put a some space between him and Olivia. And I understand that. I'm okay. sure it doesn't feel good to be on the receiving end of that. But I can also respect him saying, yes, I was dating. That means he's also looking for someone. He's active at it. Sure. By the way, I always found that strange because in Israel, there's no such thing as, are we exclusive? Are we not exclusive? No, you date me, you're exclusive. Like you go on one date, you're dating somebody. You like you... me, we have a vibe. Yeah, we're not seeing other people. I would be like shocked if someone, if, if he went on a date with someone else. Here in the States, it was like, I've been dating you for two months. Do you think we should be, like, have you been seeing other people? Uh, so I always operated from the, the, I guess, what would you call the Israeli version of that? I never, I might have went on a couple of different first dates with people. But if it wasn't going to be another one again, I don't think I would have. I don't think I ever really went on. I never had like three lined up in the, in two days like friends of mine have, where it's like a we call it like a draft class of sporting. <laughs> like um, <laughs> you pick your draft picks for the NHL draft and you're getting to know all of them. No, I feel like I've always did the one and then all right, and then another and then. It eh, made me feel another. like a numbers game, because I tr I tried to do that once, to like go out with a, with different people. But it, it doesn't work for me. Speaking from the man point of view, that, that shit gets expensive. Especially in New York. Yeah, but you're but I'm a feminist, so it got expensive <laughs> for me too. Uh, yeah, I, but I would always insist. And so, you know, I, those weeks were like... And dating in New York is so expensive. Where How much money goes into doing your hair oh and God. your nails? And I don't know. I, sure, but on, at the end of a week when you went on three dates and you're looking at your bill and you're like, $500? What are we even... That's fair. You guys get paid more than we get do. out of this. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, anything else on uh, Olivia and Brett? Yes. What? So they seem to have a lot in common in like a friendly way. I do not see sparks between them no. romantically. Um, she she seems in a rush to get to the coupley routines and to she's ready for that life. She is ready for a quiet sitting on the couch with nothing to say, watching TV together in your jammies, being comfortable. Do you think that's a product? Do you think that's a product of her not dating for a while and him dating all the time? They're just coming at it from two different points of view. I think she knows what she's comfortable with, and she knows she knows what she likes. She knows herself yeah. pretty well, and I don't. It, it almost felt like he was dating with a vengeance, like to get back at the female kind. Oh, I totally believe that. Right. And to gain control back. Yeah. And looking back on my relationships and some of the ways that they've ended in similar fashions to Brett's, um, I can totally see like being a serial dater for a little while after that kind of tumultuous breakup makes sense to me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's like, how fast can I get on a dating app? But it's <laughs> you also. You broke with someone <laughs> 20, 24 hours ago. Swipe, 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 swipe. Right. What are you doing on Saturday? Swipe, 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 There's swipe. something very validating about that. Sure. Oh, you don't want me? Well, they do. Yeah. Yeah. You get risen up in the chair together. And on J-Swipe. Yeah. On J -Swipe. Remember those days? Uh, I don't. It's been so long ago. Do you know that we might still be on that app because we didn't actually Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Our we, profiles. When you get off a dating app, you're supposed to like deactivate your profile. But I think both of us just deleted the app. 
Right. And so, so we could just are still matching with we us. could still be in existence on the Jewish dating scene in the city. People may still be texting us thinking we're the one. It's possible. It's possible. Or in my case, because I'm a lady, just getting, you know, Jewish dick pics. All snipped. I never sent that. Thank God. I never sent that one. Speaking of dick pics, mm-hmm. non, it's really just a bad segue. Let's talk about Karen and Miles because there's no dick pics involved with Karen and Miles. But let's talk about them because I really enjoy them. We got to learn a little bit more about Miles in this one. The thing that didn't bother me, um, there's a couple of things that stood out. First of all, he, he called himself, we'll talk about these serial dating, serial monogamous. Uh, they, they came at it from their experiences being a little bit different in terms of their history of dating. Karen had said she'd been in, I think she said two relationships. And I right. think she's, and a, she's also four years older. She's than four him. years older, which they had some playful banter on with during the cougar. episode. She's a cougar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Miles, though, being 26, considers himself to have been in 11 monogamous relationships. She's the 11th. Right. Or I don't know if it, whatever the number is, but if she's the 12th or she's the 11th. But I think he also said he hadn't been in a relationship in like two years. So before 24? He had a punch card like you. He called them monog- He called them eleven relationships. Are we talking two weeks? So here's what I'm thinking about this. This it man. was the whole thing was weird to me. He said very bluntly that he has always wanted to be the man that is worthy of a monogamous relationship and to lead a family. Yes. He does not want to be like his parents. He wants to be like his grandparents who've been, been married, married for nine thousand years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. It sounded, the way he was describing it, that dating was never actually about the other person. It was about him assuming a role that he really, really wanted to play. Miles seems like he has a lot of intent. He also spoke about, you know, he's serious because he's always stepped up to these roles that people that were older with him assumed. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, I wear the, these uniforms that are way bigger than me and I, and I fill them out somehow. I appreciate that. And he's not afraid of a challenge and he wants to be a grown man, and he is. Um, I wonder, and what would affect me as his partner, would be how much of you acting the way you are with me has to do with me and how much has to do with you just wanting to be the way you are. Does that make sense? Sure. No, that makes great sense. I wonder, Karen didn't pick up on that or or mention something like that, but I do wonder if that will show up in later episodes. She's, you know... And I do wonder, given her experience or, or inexperience in relationships, if that may have went over her head. She had two very serious relationships, and she also got wounded pretty bad with a guy that that's got right. someone he, else yeah, pregnant. That's right. So, first of all, Karen seems to have her shit together. Mm-hmm. She's serious. She seems fun, um, level-headed. She is comfortable with being uncomfortable in this experiment. Um but she's really cautious in checking out who he is. So she's really responding to who, what he's bringing in the moment. So there's kind of like a more genuine, more spontaneous reaction. And it feels sometimes that he says things that the person he wants to be would say. Mm. Saying that, he seems like a lovely human being. They both seem like lovely people. Right. And I think they're communicating very well that all of this is on the table. Right. Um, in a... In a uh, in a safe way, I would say, mm-hmm. or in a non-combative way or any sort of judgmental sort of way. And that's something I think one of the through lines of this season so far, and I know it's only been a few episodes in, but one of the feelings I got watching last night uh, and, the, and the, uh, the last two episodes has been the lack of explosions um, in the edit anyway. Well, because last season it was just you know explosion show. after explosion. It was really bad. I it mean, was if you upsetting again, if you hadn't watched last season, you had couples fighting on on really so early on in this saying process, really vile things saying to terrible one things. There was a couple on the on the honeymoon episodes last year that was getting into fights with the production crew, mm-hmm. like it was a total train wreck. Right. Um, and so the the sort of the the juxtaposed against this year, where it's like you're actually watching relationships and conversations. Um, I actually was very, it's been a very nice more watch. respectful this yeah. season. And I, I think one of the couples that certainly embodies that is Woody and Imani. I like that. I segue. love their playfulness. They seem... Like the most far along couple. Yes. In quotes. In quotes. They seem 
like they like each other as people. Yeah. Like they would meet each other in life and like each other and be friends or then partners or whatever. They would I don't be connected. know if that's true, by the way. Why? Because if, if, if what they're selling is that Woody was in this party mode, dude, mm-hmm. uh, she's not, I don't think. I didn't get the fact that she was always out on the, t- out on the town. Because you're 900. Because I'm 900 years old. Um, so I don't know if they would have met. But now that they, they, now that they have met, you're like, oh, they just make sense. They make sense because they feel familiar. With each other. Right. Yeah, there's a certain comfortability there. There's a banter there that's very sweet, and there is a playfulness, and there's a sensuality, and she is very vocal about, you know, I want to have sex with you at some point, but, you know, you have to take off the notches off my, what you call it? She called it like a a 17th century middle-aged chastity belt. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. They didn't have chastity belt in media in Israel. No. <laughs> like it's like every cheesy film from the seventies, eighties that take place in like the fourteen hundreds. There's a very sexualized woman who is wearing like a locked. Uh, it's essentially a metal. That's her only prized possession. Exactly, and that's exactly how it's framed. But they, they were talking about it as sort of you know kind of a fun part. I, I wrote the comfortability also extends to their families as well. Yes. I thought like she fit right in with their fa- her his family joking about his the way that he eats is he so messy i've never heard of that phrase before Smack, but it, it's like yeah but it makes so much sense um the whole thing is comfortable but what i really appreciated mm. was that woody said to her family yeah it didn't work out we both cheated on one another and we both looked at each other like oh, oh why would you say, that? Why oh would you say that it then, just seemed like something maybe like an amateur move well it seemed too truthful for the moment um I want to, like, let's say that that is something that he wanted to articulate to Amani. Maybe she should be the first one to hear that Maybe information. Maybe though. Maybe they just didn't show that, right? right? I mean, again, they only known each other for that 36 hours at that point in theory, according to the show. Maybe that was a fudge timeline. So you also don't know if that's true or two. Like, I don't know. I would be like, are they going to call her right after I leave this restaurant right now and be like, this guy cheated on <laughs> like his last but person. But the fact that he owned it. He owned it. And he said he doesn't want to do that again. Right. He's not proud of certain things in his past, and he's, he wants to change his ways. That's more honorable in my book than not sharing sure? that. I can understand that. Um, what about losing a wedding ring? So what? Really? Because, you know, there are times where I've misplaced it in this house. And right, you looked at me like a, like... Yeah, <laughs> but it's different. It's like... It's also not as valuable as your rings. That's true. Like, I can... I'm frankly surprised that I haven't lost mine yet in a year. Please don't jinx that. I'm not... There's wood here. I just knocked on it. But I'm... I, you know, I... Ha, I You know, I lose sunglasses. I always I only wear watches for a few months at a time before I put it down and it ends up in a drawer and never pull out again. Right. So, the, but the fact that the wedding ring—I'm looking at it right now—it's not on my hand; it's in a catch-all. Um, the fact that it's still around, I'm actually quite proud of. But Woody lost his. Clap for you. I, I, I kind of want some sort of validation. Validation that I haven't lost our wedding ring yet. I am so happy for you, Bobby, <laughs> that you haven't lost our wedding ring. That is amazing on your part. I think that's evidence of me being a good husband. I think that's all I needed ever. I you think just, you can just, just quit yeah. now. And I wear it. You should just not try anything else. It's enough that you didn't lose your ring. And I, and I wear it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Since That's the pandemic started, I don't leave the house much as, as just because we work from home. I don't mm-hmm. usually put it on during the workday. But when I do, do wear it outside the house. When you leave the house, you wear your ring. Yeah. You have completed all of your husbandly duties. Because look, we, we have had discussions in the past with people we know who believe men shouldn't have to wear rings. I wonder who that man is, my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But I wear it. Because I am the one that is owned, not the man. <laughs> yes. One yes. of the, uh, let's talk about Woody and Imani and the whole, um, I, the only thing I would call, I wrote it down here is coaching in sex is the phrase that I wrote down. I love it. Yeah. So background she's open, on that. She's like, yeah. She's not, she said that she's not as experienced as Woody might be in the bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he, she brought it up, threw it on the table and it was like, I might need you to coach me or guide me through that experience and he was he kind of i felt like it it flattered him yes of course what if i said to you hey bobby how do you feel about 
coaching me. <laughs> let me put on my, let me get a clipboard, whistle, <laughs> let me get a polo shirt on, honey, let's go. <laughs> like, blow the whistle. All right. Exercise one. Here's what we're going to do. Um, but here's the thing. What I liked so much about it was, and I, the only thing that it came to my mind, and I apologize that I don't remember his name, but a couple of seasons ago, uh, there was a couple, uh, her, her name was Iris and she was a virgin. Right. And I felt like the entire relationship became about her being a, virgin. her being a virgin. And it, and it, and I, again, from what they edited and showed us, frankly, it brought the relationship to the ground. Cause he said he needed someone who was more comfortable with their sexuality. He didn't need her to not be a virgin. He just needed someone who was comfortable. And, and he it felt was more mature in that sense. More mature in that sense. So juxtaposed against that, uh, this seems light years different and very much a positive thing and not, oh my God, no, she's saying, this thing. I'm into you. Look, I don't have as much experience. Like, bear with me and let's make this work for both of us, which is a very healthy way to communicate. Yeah, I, they are great. I will say, you know, we'll get to the Amelia and Bennett in just a moment here, but. I want to hang out with them. Yeah, these couples are fantastic to watch. And it's like, oh, cool. Like, this show, I feel like this season, I hope that it gets the ratings. I haven't looked them up at all. But at least three, three and a half to five of the relationships um, are doing so well. And you're actually like, okay, there's this show is actually worth happening. I say three and a half to five because I'm sort of halfway between Olivia and uh, Brett. So I'm thinking uh, the the good couples being Karen and Miles, Woody and Amani, uh, Amelia and Bennett, and then like kind of Olivia and Brett so far. But I think even in them, they're still fine to watch. There four couples? There's a fifth one, Christina and Henry. Right. Yeah. So let's talk through Amelia and Bennett. They'll be our last couple we're going to break down today. Yes. Um, they are perfect for each other within a week of meeting, I think. They have a very fun flow to their banter. It's, they're just, they're fun. They are kind of the same person. They're having the weird off, which we, you know, predicted in episode one. With his nightgown. With his nightdress that he wears. It does look really comfortable. It looks very natural and just, she asks him some Oh, no, I meant the dress. Looks really comfortable to sleep in. If I knew where to find one and one big enough, because I'm not small. um, I was just thinking for a 6'3 dude to wear a nightgown. I don't know how I feel about that. I I couldn't leave. I did get you a onesie though once. You did get me a onesie. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say uh, it looks mighty comfortable. Well, if it looks mighty comfortable, Bobby, we may have to get you a nightgown. (laughs) But let's talk about just from start to finish doing things like, you know, they're like trying to figure out how blind the other one is, so they try each other's eyeglasses. Which just happened to be the exact same design. Yeah, yeah, they look. They are the exact same design glasses. No, the, I like how she she they have deep conversations. Sure. But it's not. They're able to just kind of take in the other. And I love how he was talking about in past relationships. I gave too much of myself. La 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 la. And mm-hmm. I made the other person feel guilty. And the she title. just says. I'm really glad they they matched me with the too nice person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a moment in there with me when I'm like, is this a job interview? When they're like, what's your biggest weakness? And you're like, I work too hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Sir, please don't come here and work too hard. Right. You're perfect. But I actually believe him when he said that because he does seem like a very serving person. He saw person. the effect on the other person that it yeah. made that person feel guilty. Which is interesting because I... um. I relate to doing stuff like that. Yeah, you definitely do. Yes. And you've done it in this relationship, especially at the beginning. Right. That's when you called me the... I think you referred to yourself as that. No. Because that would have been a phrase I came up with. The abused chef. Yes. Where I tried to cook for us too much. So no, what you were doing was, this was pretty early on in the relationship, maybe three or four months, and Maya was going away for a few days. And you meal prepped for me i did uh, which was really nice but it was like a lot of food but like really good food great food but to you know she you were going for like maybe a three or four day weekend this was food for like it seemed like a month and it was like it was not for months. it was not for maybe a week but it was like it took in my whole fridge and and it was just like I was appreciative of it. I'm, I, I don't remember the whole... Because I went grocery shopping. I came back and thing. cooked for hours. And then you were like, why did you do so much? Why did you do all of this? I was so offended you would ask me that. But it was... I think it opened up something there for us. Right. 
called me the abuse chef. I don't think I called you the abuse chef. I think you referred to yourself as I the abuse chef. I could have called myself, but it's, it's we joke about it now that I'm the abuse chef. Yeah. Yeah, but reflect on that. Why? What? What? I. Think how do you think that showed up in that? That act, I that felt action? like I had to deliver a lot to be worthy. Yeah. And. And I think I picked up on that. Yeah. And that's why I was uncomfortable. Right. Or just you didn't like that your fridge was too full. No, which I, it was great because I never had food in my house. I know. I don't keep food in the house. I eat it all. So I don't keep food in the house, so I don't eat it all. But you made me all this food. I ate it all. It was good. It was healthy. Yeah. And then you took a terrible picture for Instagram of like a gelatinous chicken soup when it was <laughs> cold. And like, That's the picture you chose? The lady left me food, this gelatinous mush. <laughs> the refrigerated soup in a pot? It was really good though. Cold. Um, so no, but I, you know... I consider myself as an intuitive person. So maybe the energy that I picked up was your, that coming through, which I think is what Bennett was trying to articulate about his situations in past relationships. I think that in a lot of relationships in my past, I did that. And the person did not communicate it the way you did it. And it was just a turnoff. Like, what is it about <laughs> you that you think so, so lowly of yourself <laughs> that you're doing this? And what am I not picking up about you really deserving to feel so low about yourself? <laughs> like what are what are you what are you hiding? Maybe you really are desperate. <laughs> and okay, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> and you were kind of like, "That's weird. Why are you?" Um, I don't, I don't like need I was it. like, "Don't don't try and judge my intentions." I can just go to Sweet Green. It's fine for lunch. You know, I don't have to yeah. bring the entire. But I do. If one of my love languages, I hate that i said that just now but one of the ways i show love that to phrase people, was brought up on the show this week true but the way i show love to to people in my family my friends uh is by cooking for them and Maya's an amazing chef i love to cook so what that's one of the ways when i know that someone likes to eat i will have that ready for them when they come over uh -huh. that's important to me no i agree that's something that i like and and i knew that you wanted to eat a certain way so i kind of I felt like I needed to take care of you there, so to earn my space. Thank you, Abuse Chef. That? I really appreciate You're it. So welcome from the Abuse Chef. <laughs> mm -hmm. What are the uh, moments on the show this week with Amelia and Bennett that I, I also liked so much? Um, was he was talking about uh, mortality? Yes, um, his obsession with mortality when his mom had cancer. It seemed like she didn't just have cancer; she had cancer apparently. It seemed multiple times. Or for an extended period of time. You know someone that just has cancer? Well, it, it didn't seem like she had cancer and then it went away. I, I know those people, right? We know people who have a cancer once and then it disappeared. You know, not disappeared. It, they got it, you know, worked right. on. So or, she had a longer road. It seemed like she it came up with multiple recurrences. And then finally it, just, it, it was a long it fight. Yeah. Or it was a long fight. But she's around now and she seems fine. Yeah, she seems lovely. Um, but she, he talked about how when a person closest to them passes away and how it just shapes how they show up in relationships and it quite makes them question a lot of things around mortality and the way they live like i may know something about that i'm not looking at you i'm saying you're, you're the like, therapist Maya, your mom's dead and i know that affects <laughs> the way you treat me in a relationship <laughs> i didn't we and didn't bring that up today say, at all <laughs> i just want to say screw you you're right <laughs> because there's something about being aware that things could end at any moment that makes me personally not leave things open-ended like i need people to know i know i love them it's like it's almost like a relational ocd sure like i need to leave things closed um i need you to know i'm sorry like i don't leave to, it's hard for me to leave a relationship any relationship frayed and open-ended because it just messes with me like but what if we die and i know it doesn't really matter but in my mind there's still like but what if we die and i didn't say what i needed to say I think about it in another context, though, mm -hmm. which is in relationships, uh, I'm not speaking from direct experience, but it, like that could that could also manifest itself as like, oh, this bad thing may happen. Mm -hmm. You're looking at me again like I may know something I may about say, this because so my like, mom is dead. Yeah, what? That you as a person, and uh, this may be too personal, but you may look at certain situations always on a, uh, maybe ex ex maybe the word I'm looking for is expecting maybe a shoe to drop um, because something as terrible has happened and that may show up here in the same way in some fashion. But Bennett doesn't seem to be going down that path. Or also, maybe his mom did. is alive. Very true. Right. 
So I think I would have a different experience if my mom were alive and didn't, you know, die suddenly, <laughs> tragically in, in a car crash. Um, <laughs> spoiler funny. alert. But it's just, you know, that's something that really shapes how you live your life. Mm-hmm. I don't feel, and I'm 34, I don't, I know, I don't even look at me. Don't even look at me at 34. <laughs> 34. Um, <laughs> yalla, yalla. What I want to say is, that I don't have many regrets for not doing things in my life. I have acted on passions that I've had and interests that I've had and put myself out there way more than I should have and really entered dangerous zones because of that, which is not smart. But it is because I had this desire to live fully while I can and to not leave things open. And when we're kind of moving into this next phase of, we have a baby and we have a dog and we're going to live in a house and like part of me is like what do you mean I'm not young anymore but what do you you can't take that away from me I'm not done with that part hey stop it stop it that's what I want to say I would uh, I would say on a lighter note Mm -hmm. that's uh, not light you don't like talking about (laughs) sudden death what's wrong with you on on an arguable lighter note Mm -hmm. and this is a great another great segue by me um Bennett, we learned from Bennett's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during these in-law conversations, right. Bennett's sister says he doesn't feel it as, uh, I believe the word, the word was ethically ethical. Res- ethical to have biological children. Right. And he cited um, Planet has a lot, too many people, and right. there are kids who need houses and homes and mm-hmm. families and adoption in that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. And I remember a conversation we had we had a similar conversation about this. I think after after we were expecting Amelia, our Amelia, um, and that's, that's the name of our baby. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I let the cat out of the bag. Um, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know if I disagree with him even still. Look, I think he's right, and I also think that. I'm very uncomfortable thinking that the reason we had a baby is selfish. It makes me feel bad about <laughs> myself. Um, I told you and I've always told you that given the financial abilities, should we have that in the future, I would like to also adopt and foster children, that that's something I'm passionate about. Um, But I don't know what the future is going to hold. And... I agree with him, and I. But he's also able to be persuaded. He said, "If my, if it's important to my partner, I will." Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm okay, totally I'll open have to a it. Kid. Yeah, you convinced me. Um. So very different from Miles, Bennett is very responding to Amelia in the moment. It's very not based so. on who he wants to be. He is just answering very truthfully to how he's feeling in that That's moment. That's the actor in Bennett. Right. You can see this man is a whiz at improv. Yeah. He's fun. He, he gets it. He can just like make these connections. and sure. But th- they also do have deep conversations where she asks him questions and he asks her questions. There's, there's something very um, genuinely curious. They don't look for red flags. They look to learn about this person. They look to build things that they can uh, connect on. Right. And, and, but not the other way, which is, oh, I'm looking for red flags. I think that's actually a great way to put it. I feel like they are the couple that is the least looking for red flags. They are not coming in mm. with, I could get hurt. I've been hurt. Right. They're coming in with, this could be magical. Yeah. And Let's see what we can build on. Right. And I think that's a great, sort of a great way to think about going into these kinds of relationships. I think they're thrown together like this. And so those two different roadmaps, I've never thought of it in that sense. I think that's actually really spot on. Because you could definitely tell other couples are not the same. Right. It takes a, a great amount of courage to be able to be optimistic. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that as I struggle sometimes with optimism, because that means I dare to hope. That means I dare to be disappointed. And when you allow yourself to be open to disappointment, you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather say, no, it's going to be trash. And then I can just say, I called it from the beginning. I knew it would be trash. And there's something very protective about that. But then you live in your trash can on your own. In, a, in an echo chamber. Until you meet someone else whose trash can goes together with your trash can. And you live in trash, and you live in a trash, <laughs> trash, trash, together. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to, to end it. Right. So uh, if you, you know, we, uh, 
if you've liked what you've heard, uh, feel free to, of course, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, find us on Instagram at Naked, Naked on, on the, the Couch, couch podcast. NakedOnTheCouch dot com. Uh, it's a little bit easier for you to find uh, the episodes in a sort of a list format there. We really appreciate you listening. And next week, of course, we're going to be seeing a little bit more of their honeymoons. They forecast a fight between Olivia and Brett. So knowing how well they edit this show, it's probably nothing. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't wait for that disagreement between Amelia and Bennett. Oh. What that actually may look like or an end or what it will be edited to appear that it was when it probably wasn't. I actually think there could be something because... As much as she is a free spirit, she was also a doctor and very ambitious. Yeah. And you saying the pedicab guy not as much? He has different ambitions. Sure. I'm not judging him on that. Stay at home dad. Cool. And she wants a stay at home dad. Yeah. Um, so I just take back the words that I just said. So I'll eat it. Well, we look forward to seeing if they get into any sort of dust ups in the coming episodes. But thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.